0: Good morning! How are you? How are you online? Everybody online? Everybody here? Yay, huh? Yeah, that's what I like. Hey, welcome to First Presbyterian Church this morning. Connected online, connected here in the room. Just to remind you, we're on a mission at First Presbyterian Church and our mission is about real relationships, real transformation. What do we mean? We mean we connect in authentic ways with God and with each other. And then what happens is we become transformed people, we become healers, we make a difference in our businesses, in our families, in our relationships, in our city, that's what's happening, so we want you to want to be a part of that mission, I am jazzed about being on that mission, and let's do this also, let's experience real relationship, real transformation in the next few minutes while we're gathered here together in this room. I want to invite you, if you're in the room or if you're online, either way to share what we're doing on Facebook. Why? Because we'll help more people connect. And that's the reason we widen the footprint when we allow people access into what we're doing here this morning. I would like to invite you, if you haven't done so, to go onto our website or to use this QR code to let us know you're here. We call it a connect card. You can do it digitally. And what it means is this. It means if you want us to know you're here, we'll just say hello. If there's some way we can help you connect, help you serve, help you get more involved, we'll be happy to do that. We'll be happy to hear about personal issues that might be going on in your life. So we just love for you to be able to connect with us a little bit more so. Those two things, having had a great welcome, here we are together. We're going to have a great set of minutes in here in this in this room this morning with singing. But right now, what we're going to do is without running around, just sort of stand up and bump elbow bump your neighbor and say hello and greet each other without running all over the room. Just do it real quickly. You got one minute. All righty, Online people, don't spill your coffee on your pajamas. You sit back down. Everybody in the room, stop bumping elbows. Have a seat. I got so excited I forgot to pray, but it's really important that we pray, and so I'm going to pray right now. I want to invite you online and here in the room to listen carefully. I'm going to rattle off a bunch of names of new babies. But we're also going to be praying about real estate transactions that look like they're going to take place this Friday the 30th. So let me pray for our family of faith and for our mission in this city. Please pray with me. Gracious God, we thank you that in our family here, we have three new babies. The Rolls have a baby girl. The Hutchins have a baby girl. The Diaz's have a baby boy. Brand new just in the last few days. And we're grateful for the way that you continue to bring people into this world and we get a chance to be their friends and to love them. We pray, God, with with heavy hearts for Kelly Hall and her family as they grieve the death of her brother, Michael Kinney. Funeral will be this Friday. Gracious God, this coming as a sad and kind of a tragic death and so too young. And we pray for all of them as they sort their way in this new part of their life, a a, a choice that they would never have made. It's very hard. And we pray for... Annetta Monroe's friends and family and all the students that she loved so well and taught. Annetta's service next Saturday, May 1, and we we pray for all those people who grieve her death and who miss her. She cared so much and was involved in so many relationships and, gracious God, we pray your presence of comfort in the midst of this sadness and this loss. We thank you that our sister Joanne Harvey is better. She's been battling heart conditions and COVID and she's just doing better. And she loves you and she prays all the time. And gracious God, we thank you that she's improved. And we continue to pray for our sister, Jackie. The ribbons here on this rail remind us of her having suffered that head injury so long ago. And we pray that you would comfort her and comfort her family and her extended family. And we thank you that you love her and you love that family. And gracious God, finally, we pray as a family about real estate transactions. April 30, the day that we're set to close on the sale of this property, a few days later to buy the new home that you have directed us to. As as is always the case, things look like they're going to happen this week. And so we are agreeing to pray more each of us this week at 7:07 a.m. at 7:07 p.m. to continue to pray. And when the sale closes, gracious God, that we'll see this new place as a tool that we can use to be a blessing to our community that we can connect with each other and with you, and that transformation will take place in our lives. Gracious God, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that your character is undeniably consistent. You will never forsake us. You are here with us right now, and that's what we're gonna celebrate with music and with scripture and with prayer. All of this in the name of the leader and owner of the universe, Jesus, whom we serve loyally. Amen.
1: Good morning, friends. Let's stand up for worship this morning. Oh,
2: wanted to tell y'all about a couple of things that we have coming up first of all this summer we are taking teenagers to camp it's called SOMA it's going to be in Panama City Beach from June 21st to the 25th and this is for 6th through 12th graders so if you are a teenager or you are a parent of teenagers we would love for you to sign up and join Bryce this summer The second thing I wanted to tell you all about are some updates on our COVID protocols that we've been doing here at First Pres on Sunday mornings. We have some updates starting next Sunday, May 2nd. We're gonna make some adjustments. The first of all being that our online reservation system, we're gonna eliminate that. You no longer have to register online. We just want you to show up and come and worship with us. The second thing is about masks. We are going to have the floor of the sanctuary beginning next Sunday as mask optional, and in the balcony is going to be our mask required section. So we know some of y'all would like to worship without masks and the floor will be a great spot for you. And And we know that some of you would rather worship with masks. And so the balcony is going to be a great spot for you. So we're just excited to offer um, a spot for everyone to feel comfortable. In addition to that, we'll continue to sit every other row. We'll be socially distanced and spaced out. We're going to keep those protocols to keep everyone safe. And then the last update is we've been socially distanced and mask optional for our kids with crew, and we're going to add that feature for our middle school students loop. We're going to make it mask optional for them also. So just a few tweaks as we make our way through this difficult season. We thank you for your encouragement and your enthusiasm and your support as we seek God in all these decisions thank you
0: hello again you can't get rid of me online in the room the great apostle paul the senior vice president for sales and marketing of the christian movement in the first days he had this to say he said don't give reluctantly don't be pressured into giving and then he said something that's tweetable you ready God loves a cheerful giver. I have another way of saying it I just bumped into this week. This also is uh, tweetable. You don't have to be rich to be generous. You have to be generous to be generous. Huh? And you know what? You are generous people. I watch. You're engaged with your time and with all of your abilities and also with your money in lots of ways in this community. And this this church is also important to you. And you've been giving and I'm sure will continue to give, as have I. What, What a great thing to be able to be generous. And it's not about how much, it's about loving doing it. And so, as we always remind you, this family needs money in order to keep going, and you know that, so here are five ways that you can do it don't do it out of pressure as Paul says and certainly don't do it with reluctance dragging, do it cheerfully and you know what that's gonna make God smile.
1: Last week we had a wonderful service, I think we can all agree for those of us that were able to attend and the tag was we are better together and it's so true We all bring something to the table. As uh, Pastor Nate mentioned, I work on cars, but I don't work on transmissions, which was really great. And it reminds us that we can't, we don't have to do everything, but with our own personal walk with Christ, it's a relationship. It's something, you bring something that Jesus wants, that God wants, and he brings something. And it's a beautiful relationship that we have together. And the last song that we sung, we were reminded of the chains that we have. They're emotional, sometimes they're physical. They were broken, they are broken. They're continually being broken. And some of us during this week, we have encountered all different things, celebrations, things, setbacks, but we're not alone in this. There are emotions and things that we experience that other people, May not be able to empathize with. But your Heavenly Father, He understands the emotions that you're feeling, the pains or the excitement. So I encourage you to make yourself available to Him as our new series is teaching us and reminding us about. To make yourself available to His voice, to His love, to His correction, and surrender. So let's stand and continue our worship.
3: Já
4: Yep, I've got rain boots on. There's troubled waters coming. No, I did read the weather last night, and I just put them on sure that we were going to have a deluge this morning, and I know it's sunny outside. But I'm just, I'm going to wear them because we're actually going to be in the water all morning long, friends. What I want you to do right now is I want you to look to the person sitting next to you and say to each other, neighbor, is God calling me? Say it to each other. And then I want you to say back to them, neighbor, God is calling you. Yes, God is calling you. Yes, God is calling you. you. You were created by God to do something significant, something bigger than yourself as God's partners in God's huge, audacious mission to love the world through you. Let's listen again to what we just heard. that? Can I really actually say, yes, Lord, I'm available? Will I really say that I will follow where your spirit leads? I mean, it's great in a song, right? There it is. But in real life, so hard. So very, very hard. If I invited you to go with me on a mystery tour for one week where you had no idea where you were going, no idea where you're staying, and none of the details, except for the fact that you could count on a big adventure, full of adventure, in fact, and full of opportunities to grow closer to God and closer to your friends, Would you say yes based on the reality that that also includes trusting me? Raise your hand if you're in. Five of you. Great, we're doing it. We are so doing this. One thing that I love about teenagers is their sense of adventure. So just a few years ago, I invited 25 teenagers to go with me on a mystery tour through Florida, Georgia, and the Carolinas. And I want you to know that they couldn't wait to not know where they were going, all right? Now, this trip included opportunities to serve other people. It included some time that just had crazy nonsense fun, a night in a resort hotel, sleeping under the stars on the top of a mountain, And more. I set it up so that every time we loaded up into the vans to head out, we played the song, of course, Magical Mystery Tour, right? And we would give them a clue as to where we were headed next. Sometimes they guessed it that fast, but other times it almost took the whole drive to the next location for them to figure it out. Well, on this one particular day, I uh, can't remember the clue exactly, but what I do remember is that no one guessed it until we were standing at the mouth of a cave in North Carolina. That's when they figured it out. And after we got outfitted with helmets on, which should have been kind of my first clue for me, we went right into that cave. We were all in, enjoying stalactites and stalagmites. Of course, formed by mineral deposits. All that, f- the air f- felt cool. It was summertime. We were all in until our guide brought us together to coach us up that the next half mile would be spent on our bellies. Oh, yeah, on our bellies, and that it would be critically important to hold on to the ankle of the person in front of us the whole way, because we would be completely enveloped in darkness, okay? Now there were two reactions in our group, okay? One of the reactions was the yes person. They're like this, cannot wait. The other reaction was the head back, deep breath person, right? To which our guide looked at us and said, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to be with you the whole way. But then he said, however, you have to follow my instructions explicitly. Do not go to the left or to the right unless I tell you to do that. Do everything I say. All these emphasis was like making my stomach turn. Do everything I say. And that's when he pointed to a small opening in the wall of the cave. I swear it looked this big, okay? And I was trying to be really upbeat at that point. I was just big smile, oh my gosh, this is great, but I'm thinking, oh gosh, oh no. But in we went, one by one, on our bellies, holding tightly to the ankle in front of us, listening carefully to our guide. Now in that first opening of the cave when we went in, there was just enough light where I could see that I was going to have to squish weirdly through something that went kind of up to the right and then over and up to the left. I was thinking, how am I going to get through this? You see me, you see my size, if I'm worried about getting through there? How about the guy behind me holding onto my ankle, a six-foot-two football player from Plant High School? Oh, yeah. So there we're going, and somehow we made it through that first challenge. We did, but the rest of the time was pitch black, and remember, it's a half mile to go as we're crawling on our bellies through these narrow, narrow crevices that were also muddy. We could feel water, we could feel weirdness. I could swear that everything was crawling on me. I was completely grossed out, but there's nowhere to go but forward. Finally, we reached the promised land. This stunningly beautiful, open, open space that we all just jumped into where we saw this giant waterfall and we went screaming crazily into it, washing all the mud off and also hugging and celebrating our guide because (laughs) we're grateful for that too. Equally as beautiful was the exit sign (laughs) into sunshine and lunch. That's where we went. Now Fitz's reaction, at the end of the day when I told him about this was this, thanks be to Jesus I'm never doing that. (laughs) Oh, but Fitz, yes you are. (laughs) Yes you are. (laughs) In fact, so are all of you. You may not want to go on a mystery tour adventure with me because I may or may not take you to the mouth of a cave in North Carolina But I got to tell you, God is inviting you on an adventure where he will lead you in ways that are beyond you. Asking you to trust him, leave fear behind, move forward in faith. He's going to take you to places that you would never be able to get to without him. He's going to do things in you and through you that can only be explained by the words, God did it. Well, a man named Joshua is about to learn that. This moment is captured in the book of Joshua. It's in the Old Testament. It's the sixth book in. So it's way to the left. (laughs) And in the book of Joshua, God is promising The people of Israel, that he's going to give them a country, land with boundaries. In the Bible, we call it the promised land. And God is calling Joshua to lead them into it. Well, Joshua has been apprenticing under Moses until Moses died. And when Moses died, Joshua knew that he. Next in the line, session. So we want to pick up at this moment together. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. Finally, the promised land, it's happening. These people are cheering. They can't even believe it's going to happen. However, the words, get ready to cross the Jordan River, stop everyone in their tracks. Because God is calling Joshua to take them into the promised land. Yay. But that includes crossing the Jordan River at flood stage. That means the Jordan River is at its highest point in the entire year. It also means that Joshua has to get 2 million people across that river. And oh, by the way, there are bad guys on the other side. They sent scouts, they saw them. It's a real threat. What is your Jordan River? That place in your life that feels threatening right now. That situation that is uncertain, overwhelming, even intimidating and in the uncertainty of it all, you find yourself unable to navigate through it. You don't see a way through. But God is calling Joshua and telling him, I'm gonna get you through. I'm gonna get you to the promised land. However, you have an assignment carved out for you that I want you to fulfill. Joshua, you have a role to play in this. He has a role to play, all right. But you know what? You and I find that almost unimaginable. Because as we consider our own uncertainties and the places that we're struggling with right now, it's hard to imagine that God would say to us, I have a role for you, that I'm going to give you an assignment in this moment. No, 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 no. When things calm down, that's when I do stuff for you, God. That, that's when that happens. Nope. Apparently, even in the uncertainty, God is giving us an assignment. Because being available not only means saying to God, I'll follow you. Oh, I'll follow you wherever you lead. It also means I'll take action, Lord. Lord. I'll move forward in faith, Lord, though everything looks completely uncertain to me, I accept my assignment. But isn't it tempting to say, God, I'm ready to watch you do it. I'm ready to see what you're going to do, how you're going to go to work here. It's going to be amazing, and for God, it's like, okay. I don't need you watching because I have a role for you to play in this." God is saying, I want to free you from financial bondage. Here's what I need you to do. I want to set you free from this addiction. Here's what you need to do. I want to relieve you of this pressure that's grinding down on you. Here's what you need to do. I want to shift your marriage a little bit. Here's what you need to do. I want to repair this friendship. Here's what you need to do. Joshua, I'm going to get you to the promised land. Here's what you need to do. And that's where we encounter God's instructions to Joshua. So we pick up in verse three, the here's what you need to do part of his invitation. He says, I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on land that I have given you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, "'including all the land of the Hittites. "'No one will be able to stand against you "'as long as you live, "'for I will be with you as I was with Moses. "'I will not fail you or abandon you. "'I will not fail you or abandon you. "'Be strong and courageous, "'for you are the one who will lead these people "'to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors.' that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. That word meditate In the Hebrew, the word is masticate. It's what cows do when they're chewing their cud. So meditating is chew, 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 so that it works its way into your system. He's saying, do this with my word, this Bible, the word of God. Meditate on it day and night. So you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do, only then. Friends, this is us. This is our story. As individuals, as a church, this is our story. And our story is always God's story. Because from the very first moment when God began showing us, that he wanted to move us to a new location as a church, we understood from the very beginning that this was not a, just a geographic relocation, a real estate transaction, but just as for Joseph, uh, for Joshua and the Israelites, it would be a spiritual journey. And we got that. And so the instructions God gave Joshua are the same instructions God has given to us when he instructed Joshua to go stand on that land and claim God's inheritance, promised to them as the promised land. That's what we did. We went to the four locations that we narrowed it down to and we, when we stood there with many of you, we held hands and prayed and said, okay, God, is this the place? If it is, we claim it and we thank you for it. If it isn't, we thank you for that too. And finally, God led us down to the Horatio property. And many of you have been with me on prayer walks there. And we have meditated on God's word day and night, wanting to stay close to his voice as he leads us, not wanting to move to the left or to the right, wanting to listen carefully. And as we meditated day and night, we did that together. Right? We prayed every day at 7.07 a.m. and p.m. And we still are. You know where that comes from? Psalm 37, 7 and 9. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. That's why we pray at 7.07 a.m. and p.m. Meditate on it night and day. Fitz and I One morning, took our dog, Tally, and we started praying, walking through the neighborhood. And I want us to do that together more. They couldn't tell. They just thought we were talking. But we were praying because God wants to bless us as a church in order to to bless the people he loves in that neighborhood and beyond. Guess what? That was Israel's job description. Blessed by God to be a blessing to the world. And they forgot their job description. There were many times in this journey in the last couple of years where it felt like the Jordan River. Impassable. The unknown, the uncertainty of it. Even intimidating at times. And that's why I love it that Joshua isn't anything special. He's not that for whom everything always works out great. In fact, it's likely that he's standing there a bit miserable. But God called Joshua and he responded with, I'm available even in the midst of uncertainty. And that's where Joshua helps me. He helps me Because in my life, in those times when I have come to the end of myself and my ability to navigate the unknown, I am learning to say, okay, God, I know that you are calling me to much more than fear. God, I know that you're calling me to more than this uncertainty. You're calling me to more of you. And I'm in. I'm available for whatever you want to do next. Oh, and that's when God has us right where He wants us. Perfectly positioned to begin walking in faith, believing that God is trustworthy. And it's often that scary place that you're sitting in right now, whatever place that is in your life, that is the launching place where God wants to take you into the future with him, with a plan and a purpose that feels very much like the promised land. God will not disappoint. How do I know? Because you are about to hear something that God intended for Joshua But he also intended it for you, Brooks, and you, Megan, and you, Matt, Lincoln. He intended it for you to hear this as if you're the only one that he's speaking to. It's the very last thing that he said to Joshua before Joshua set out to lead his people across the Jordan River. It's verse 9, and it says this. This is my command. Be strong, courageous, not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Those words... That promise is the only reason that I can say, yes, Lord, I'm available. Because God is promising to go with me. And you and I don't have to be stuck in fear and discouragement. We don't need to be afraid because God is not only promising to go with us, but he's promising to give us strength, to give us courage, I want you to do something for me. I want you to close your eyes just for a second. Because I want you to claim this as God's promise over you as I read these again. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Open your eyes. God's call to Joshua was for right now. Right now, Joshua, I have an assignment for you that I want you to fulfill. Are you available, Joshua, right now? Friends, are you available right now? Are you available? Right now, to do something that may seem insignificant to you, but in God's audacious mission to love the world, there's actually a great impact. Are you available? As you stand at your own Jordan River of uncertainty in your life, however small or however big it may seem to you, Are you willing to be available like Joshua to help others through it? Now, in Joshua's case, it was two million people. Would you consider encouraging just one person to get them through it? Because what I'd like to ask you to do is to claim this promise this morning for just one person. I'm going to ask you to pull out the postcard that you were given when you came in, but to raise your hand if you did not receive one, because I want everyone, raise them high, to be seen rushing forward, Kristen. We have people and many people that don't have postcards. And as she brings them forward, yeah, a bunch of people up front, thank you. This is it. Thank you so much, Kristen. Because what I want you to do with the pen that you were given is to write this promise on it. But I will tell you how and when to do that. Okay? Thank you both. I'm going to have you write this promise in just a minute because these postcards are going to be sent to women who are currently, as we meet together right now, sitting in the Hillsborough County Jail on prostitution charges and they have no idea that they are treasured and cherished by Jesus and by us, let alone that they were created for purpose, meaning, dignity, and more, hope. As a church, we're in partnership with a ministry, an outreach called Created. And it is an outreach that reaches women who have been exploited in the sex industry because Jesus loves them. That's why. But do you know who else is writing to these women? Literally writing letters to these women? That's a great, nice little warning. Love it. Pimps. Pimps are accessing the county arrest record. Any of us can. They're accessing it, and you know what they're doing? They are writing the women letters, and you know what they're saying? Don't be discouraged, don't be afraid. I'm going to walk with you through this whole thing, and when you're released, I'll pick you up. It's a trap. It's a lie, and we know the truth. And that's why I want us to do this right now, because it's the same truth that with the people of Israel. It's the same truth that you and I are standing on as we stand at our own river of uncertainty that God is going to get us through this to the promised land. Do you know that the name Joshua is the Hebrew version of Jesus? You know what their name means? One who saves. You get to walk with someone in encouragement, potentially saving a life through the power of God's word. So I want to give you a minute to write this verse, write it near the bottom. We will put the woman's individual name at the top. We will address it. We want to leave enough space so that Created can write their phone number on it so the women can call Created to pick them up. I'm going to give you just a minute to write this verse. And what I'm going to ask you to do after you finish writing it is leave it in the pews with the pen. I'll pick them all up. I don't want you to worry about that. As you're finishing writing, would you pray over her God knows who's going to receive your note. Would you sign off, love, or God bless you with your first name? Just your first name. So they know that this wasn't some mass writing, but it's coming from your heart with the love of Jesus into theirs. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Raise your hand if you're done. Okay. Just pause for a minute. I'll let you complete it in just a second. I want you to look me in the eye. When you say, yes, Lord, I'm available, I want you to know that God is going to give you an assignment for right now, and he's going to do it tomorrow, and he's going to do it the next day and the next day, and it may seem insignificant to you. It may be a nudge from him to you to tell a family member that you love them, or to give someone a hug, or to listen carefully to a colleague, giving them more time than you might, or it may be something crazy like starting a mission, a ministry, a movement, I don't know. But I do know this, tomorrow morning when you wake up and you say, God, I'm available, Watch what he does. God bless you. Please pray with me now as we allow the Lord to nurture his word into our hearts. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, some of us, are really at the floodwaters. I mean, we honestly can't see or imagine our way through it. And at the very least, others of us feel the uncertainty of decisions we're making, of directions that we're going in, of relationships that we're in. But Lord, I love the way that you meet us at that place of uncertainty, our own Jordan River, with the very same words that you spoke into Joshua's life. Be strong and courageous. Lord, you said it to him three times. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because, Lord, these are gifts you give to us when we draw near to you and soak in your word and listen to you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your promise this morning that you will not fail us or abandon us. Lord, I'm reading your word when I say that over us in prayer. Father, thank you that we don't have to be afraid or discouraged about anything, for you promise that you will go with us wherever we go. And Lord, as these postcards are sent to women who feel like trash, feel like they're not worth living, feel like there's no hope in their life. Oh, God, let these words, your promise, come alive in their soul, kindle in their heart that they are your beloved daughter, precious, beautiful, full of dignity. God, we want to bring others across that Jordan River. It's not just for us. It wasn't just for Joshua. It would be for generations and generations. Give us the gift of generational impact by simply saying, yes, Lord, I am available and I will follow where your spirit leads, but also I will take action even in the midst of my own uncertainty because you are the one in whom we can be certain in Jesus' name we pray. Amen
3: It's coming on the clouds, the king was a king of